three. And welcome to the Armchair Sports Guys 2 and 1. Uh, it is our Wednesday go. Wacky Boom. Show. Here with Sean Farhadi and Michael Chance. I'm G.J. Mitchell. Matt O'Brien, Rich Mays could not be with us today. But we got an action-packed show today. We're talking about the NFL Conference title games. Doing a quick recap of that. Brady back in the Super Bowl. Do you like it or dislike it as a fan? Bruins Weekly Recap. The Celtics Weekly Recap. The MLB Hall of Fame voting. Nobody gets in. We're going to discuss that. And that's going to lead into our newest segment, Hot Take Court, where Michael Chance and I battle it out with Sean as the judge oh, on should again. the steroid guys get in to the Hall of Fame? Because that seems to be maybe the hang up uh, with all this. But, boys, how you doing? How are we feeling? What's going on? Snowed out. <laughs> snowed out. It's snowed out. Nice. Snowed nice. Out. Nice. Doing good though. Doing good. Back at it. Excellent. I'm glad to be back on. I'm glad to be black. I'm glad. Back to be, in black. I'm glad to be black. I'm glad to be black. It's a good thing. I'm proud of. <laughs> yep. Go on. I'm. I'm glad to be back. Say that 20 times fast. Exactly. On the uh, on the hot take court. This is my third time, and I feel like I'm going to lose again. But let's I, go with it. I feel like you just. <laughs> I feel like you just live there, Mike. I, I just. I love it. it when it comes, you you pick. You hear court, and you picture me, and it's kind of. Uh, oh, without question. Without six question. and a half dozen, one or the other. It sucks. And, and oh, unfo- unfortunately, I mean, because I'm going to be joining uh, uh, you as uh, the defendant or plaintiff, um, you're not going to get to see me and my just flowing locks of white, you know, phenomenal hair. But we'll have to put it on till uh, till next week. But uh, we'll, as you we'll, can see, we'll, we'll memorize it. As you can see, I am rocking the Buccaneers Warwick Dunn jersey because obviously, obviously, Tampa Bay <laughs> and Tom Brady are Back in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady back for his 10th time and the Bucks Amazing. for their second uh, in this uh, century. Uh, but we're going to get to that in a minute, but let's recap some of the games. I know there were some uh, some good games on the docket uh, this week. Uh, you had the Buffalo Bills versus Kansas City Chiefs. We'll touch on that quick because I'm sure we got a lot more to talk about with the Tampa Green Bay game. Um, obviously Buffalo started out, uh, kind of hot. They were nine and oh, I mean, they kicked the field goal. They had a punt that was, uh, you know, recovered a, a fumble on that one play in bang, five seconds time. They're up nine, nothing, uh, within, you know, the first, what, eight, 10 minutes of the game, I'd say maybe oh, Buffalo. Yeah. It was all you know, Buffalo. I, the, that I mean, first half, roughly. It, yeah, and, and but then after that it went down. Josh Allen, twenty-eight for forty-eight, two eighty-seven uh, for yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Um, Josh Allen also had the most rushes, eighty-eight yards on the rush. Uh, Cole Beasley had eighty-eight yards uh, receiving. Stephon Diggs, seventy-seven, uh, and then Dawson Knox and McKenzie had the two touchdowns uh, as far as the Buffalo Bills go. As soon as that uh, that first half was, I mean, the first quarter was over at nine nothing. It was all buff. I mean, it was all Kansas City. Twenty one points uh, in the second half. Mahomes twenty nine for thirty eight, three twenty five, three touchdowns. Uh, Darrell Williams with fifty two yards and a touchdown. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, a touchdown as well. You had Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey went OFF. Uh, Tyree Kill, 172 yards, no touchdown. But Kelsey, that bitch, had 118 yards and two touchdowns. And McCall Hardman had the other touchdown as well. Uh, so, boys, I want your um, your thoughts on this game. And if you thought it played out the way, uh, the way you thought it would. And, Sean, I'll start with you on this one. No, I thought Buffalo had more. I mean, they had a chance. They, they – 
you know what they did is they played for points. They played for field goals. You got to play for touchdowns against the Chiefs. And I don't, I don't know if they didn't get that memo or, but I mean, they started off hot. They had, they, they had the right mixture going. They got off to a hot start, nine, nine nothing lead. I mean, but you got to play pretty flawless to stay on top of Mahomes and that Chiefs offense. I mean, they're just, I, you saw what happened. Kelsey, Hill. I mean, they have so many weapons. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, I picked, I know I picked the Bills. I thought the Bills had a shot. I really did. I thought, um, like I said, I thought they would get out early, which they did, but they didn't, uh, didn't stay there for very long. So, um, it's the Chiefs are just otherworldly, man. That's, that's all you can really say is with that offense they have. I mean, it's going to be hard for anybody to beat them. So, I'm not surprised they lost, but I, I would have liked to have seen the Bills one win. Um, that was my prediction, but. Yeah, I mean, good game either way, but oh, Chiefs offense is just too much to handle. Yeah, no, they definitely were. It was a, uh, it was impressive to watch them just absolutely dominate from the second quarter on. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on the game? Same. I had the Bills to win. I honestly thought that this was. I feel bad for your buddy John, for our friend John. I know he was. Uh, you, you really can't be sad at what the Bills season has, and if anything, I mean, they're going to finish fourth in the entire league. This is the the friggin' Buffalo Bills finishing fourth. They play yeah. for the AFC championship. That's pretty good for the past 25, 26 years of being the Bills. Yeah, especially so, when you had to go through the Patriots almost every single year until this right. year. Yeah, exactly. So so they I, I think what happened was, you know, it's one of those teams that you you look at and go, they're they're gonna they're on a rebuild. No pun intended, but they're on a rebuild. It's gonna be I think they're gonna be phenomenal next year if Josh Allen just gets a couple more weapons. I mean, he has a, a great offense. But like Sean said, they went for field goals. I think they were trying the other route, and they should have just went right for the throat. And Kansas City, man, they they're the real deal team. But I I I gotta say, I Tampa Bay's a real deal team too. It's I don't know, man. I I, I, want, I wanted I wanted Buffalo <laughs> because I really had a soft spot for Buffalo until I saw number twelve. And if you want to take it as a segue, then you had a hard, then you had a hard spot, right? And, and, then I, and then I realized that movement went a little down south. Uh, no, I, Could, I wanted to see stand Buffalo. up, could you? You're knocking over some trophies and stuff. Should even lay down. I want to see Buffalo win. I, I really thought they had a shot. They they played. They had a good game all around. They played phenomenal in the first half. But Kansas City, man, they just they come out of nowhere. They Andy Reid sat back and he said, "Okay, I now I know what you guys are doing. I'm going to use that against you." And Sure, shit, he did, but it sucks seeing him lose. I, but as always, next year that's gonna be their contending team now. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, uh, a couple, couple random side notes on this game. Josh Allen lost as many games to the Chiefs too as he did against all other opponents this season. That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the first QB to win multiple conference championships games prior to his 26th birthday. That's pretty impressive as well. Um. And uh, I'll give you one more here. Uh, what was it? Patrick Mahomes is the first player in NFL history with 300 plus passing yards, three passing TDs, and zero interceptions in multiple playoff games in their first NFL, first four NFL seasons. So, uh, again, we know Mahomes is good. Yeah. Uh, we know Andy Reid is good. Um, I mean, yeah, we we talk about that bitch, Kelsey, and, uh, and obviously, um, you know, Tyreek Hill, but, you know, man. Uh, those guys are good, you know, um, and, and again, even adding uh, Williams and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know, those guys are good as well. So it's going to be a tough test for Tampa Bay, but 
Mm. Well, let's well, get to that game, shall we? Seems like a nice guy. Uh, 31-26 was your final in Green Bay. Uh, Tampa has won three straight away games to get to a home, literally a home Super Bowl game where they are playing in Tampa, the first team in NFL history to do that. I think that is amazing as it is. Uh, Brady, my fun stat of this is Brady has won as many conference titles as Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, the team that they just beat, which I think is amazing as well. Brady, great first half. Phenomenal first half. Meh, second half. Uh, ended up finishing with 280 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions all in the second half. Leonard Fournette looked good, uh, 55 yards and a touch. Chris Godwin looked godlike, 110 yards, unbelievable. Mike Evans, 51 and a touch. Scotty Miller, what a great play call at the end of that first half uh, to go to Scotty Miller on that on that pass. Cameron Braid also had a touchdown. I thought they looked really good. On the Packers' side of it, you had uh, 346 yards from Aaron Rodgers, three touchdowns and a pick. You would think that that would have won the game. It didn't. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling had a touch. He was the biggest guy with 115 yards. And Devontae Adams was pretty much kept in check, even with that touchdown, with only 67 yards. And then that Tanya touchdown uh, had 22. So, Mike, I'm going to start with you. What were your thoughts on this game, which was the first game uh, off the books uh, on Sunday? I'll, I'll start on Green Bay's side. Uh all respect to Rogers. I mean, I, I know he's can, he's been dogged some seasons, and maybe doesn't have the respect of uh, of guys like a you know the almighty Brady, but a phenomenal game by Green Bay. I just I just think that they, uh, I think they overshot their their hit a little bit, and they they got too comfortable being at home with the fans and that stupid, whatever the hell those clipboards they had clanking on the goddamn <laughs> seats. I'd rather have those, those big long horns that, you know, the, the Vuvuzela, the Vuvuzela, oh, I'd rather have, baby, give me those, yeah. give me those. I, I can't do the all game long anymore. Um, no, Green Bay, they, they, they played a great game. And that second half, I, I went from back in the seat going, Oh, this is, this is easy to, all right, Green Bay is coming back. Now it's a game. Then the other side, Bono, Madonna, Sting, Prince, Lemmy, Brady. Which when Sting, you have the WCW one or the one who sings? Combine them together. <laughs> Give the one who stings with, with, sings with face paint. Yeah, all right. But good, you, good. <laughs> you, you have, when you start, when you have a one name to describe everything about you and you don't even have to go into details about it, pardon my French, it's pretty fucking good. Brady is. It's not terrible. I, I, I really think, and this is again, this could be a debate for down the road. This is just my this is just my thought. I think Bruce Arians at halftime said, do what you want. Throw the ball up. Do what you want. He was precise in every single thing he did. A couple of missed passes, but he was damn near precise. And you tell me he's gonna just throw the ball up, throw it here to nobody, interception, kind of like a well, give them give them a game, kind of like lure them a bit, you know, use the bait, have them bite it, but pull them back a little bit. And if Green Bay starts to come back, you lay it on them. Well, Green Bay never came back. And that's what gave Tampa the win. Not saying they, they lollygagged, but it was, it was Tampa Bay is, I don't know where they came from, but they, they got, they got Brady at the helm and it, there's, 
my money's on them tenfold. John, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I don't know what the hell Mike was talking about with the real reeling them back in and stuff yeah. there. But I mean, I, I think they're trying to put the uh, the foot on the head of the snake and stomp it out. But, but I will but. say, uh, I mean, Brady had a couple chances in that game to put to really bury them, put them away, and that's what he's going to have to do next or not next week in uh, two weeks in at the Super Bowl or next weekend. Is it next weekend? I don't even know what day it is. February seventh. Yeah, the seventh. Yeah. Um. So. Getting back to what I was saying, yeah, I mean, Brady had multiple chances to end that game, to really put the nail in the coffin, and he let them kind of hang around. I mean, I don't know, those pop flies he was throwing, like he was playing catch with his son in the backyard, man, those those interceptions where he just kind of fell down backwards but threw the ball straight up in the air, that's not going to get it done against uh, Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, phenomenal first half by Brady. I think the whole team, the Tampa Bay as a whole, played well. Their defense is – Really, really playing well right now. And I think, I mean, a lot of it has to do, I think, with the mentality that Brady instilled on that team and the, the kind of the new culture he brought to that locker room. They're all flying real high right now. So, I mean, I don't I don't doubt that they're going to be in the game, but Brady's going to have to really lock it down in the second half. And we've seen him do it before. I mean, he had that one, that one AFC championship against Mahomes where they went blow for blow right into overtime. So, I mean, it's... It's possible that that you could see another game like that. I don't think it's going to be anything like 55 to 51 or anything like it was back then. But, um, I mean, Tampa's – the difference that I see between the Bills and Tampa Bay is just their defense is better. So, if they can can get to Mahomes and throw him off his game, I think they'll be be in the game for sure. Um, I think Tampa's going to win, but that's for another day. Um, Yeah, we're definitely – yeah, I was going to say, we're definitely going to break in, break that down coming in a couple weeks. Yeah. but, yeah, and the other side of things, I mean, Rodgers just – I don't know if the guy doesn't give a shit or what. I mean, he just, he just – he does all his little exhale and inhale and oh, at his press conferences after the game, after he loses. But during the game, man, it's like he yeah, shows no emotion on the field, really. His face is always kind of just, like, somber, doesn't look like he's having fun or anything out there. I mean, it's just like he just – for some reason, the way that he acts, it just makes me feel like he just is there because he has to be a lot of times. And it's like, that's the difference. That's the reason why you lost that game is the difference between Rodgers and Brady. That's the reason why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to the Super Bowl and the Packers are going home. And it's just sad to see, man, because the guys. And the one one other thing I will say is that that third down, um, third and goal from like the twelve. Buddy, you had the whole sideline, dude. You had a touchdown walking <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah. Walking yeah. in, you had a touchdown. But that's here, neither here nor there now. I mean, it's just – I think it's just Rodgers in general. The guy need, either needs a big scenery change or he just needs to ride off in the sunset because, man, he's not getting it done in Green Bay. And I don't I don't know what, what it is with him, but – And I don't know I mean, real something's quick. Something's got to change you, there. He's one in, four, one in four in championship games, so something's got to change. I don't know if change. you guys – if you guys caught the uh, real quick, George, I'm sorry. No, no, caught the, the the start of the game when before they came out, they were saying it was like 20 something degrees or 30 something degrees, and then the the uh, oh my god, the announcers kept saying, oh, you know, the field has a heater on below it. It keeps around like 40 or 45 degrees, so it's not the frozen tundra like it used to be. It doesn't freeze up. It has this at certain spots. And only Aaron Rodgers know where the bouncy spots are, where the soft spots are. He'll find that groove and he'll Aaron Rodgers knows that field 
that looked like a new, that looked like a rookie. He looked like a rookie on that field. He didn't know, he didn't find the one goddamn soft spot, like a newborn baby that he didn't find the soft spot. He stayed in the, other than that one drive, he, he looked like he just wasn't, he had a decent game, but it wasn't the way they churched him up to be. And that was disappointment for me, that he was churched up so much and how much hype that Green Bay's at home, Green Bay's at home, and they know the field, they have fans now. There's all this stuff kind of like look at Green Bay to take away from Tampa. And I just, I think Tampa just loved it. I think Brady loves that kind of shit. He's the type of guy that, that Aaron Rodgers, I'm speaking about, like, even you hear, I heard him in a press conference today talking about how, yeah, probably the MVP. Like, buddy, that, it seems like he cares more <laughs> yeah. about he cares more about that than he does Accolades, about winning yeah. a championship, like an a, uh, NFC championship game. Because, I mean, that's what he just reverts back to. Well, I had a hell of a year. I had yep. an MVP right. season. How'd your team do, buddy? And that's the difference between him and Brady right there, and that's why they lost. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. And, Mike, to, to your point of uh, having the soft spots, they made it seem like uh, Green Bay was like the old garden with the with the soft spots and the, yep. and the, 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 the dead spots stuff. and whatnot. Yeah. 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 And no, I, I honestly, I miss those days. As do I. As <laughs> do I. No, that old garden was special. Um, the ball. But to your to, to to your point, Sean, you're right. That's the difference. Brady's favorite ring is his next one. Aaron Rodgers' favorite MVP is all of them. It's like, dude, yeah. are you there? Now, granted, I get it. You're a quarterback, but you've got to be the general. You got to be the captain by default. For the offense, and generally speaking, how you go is how the defense goes. Now, very rare do you have a situation like you have in Tampa that the defense played better than Brady did in the second half. I mean, their defense. I mean, that that guy White, number forty-five for Devin for White, Tampa, yeah. Devin White. He's all over the place. That guy's a maniac, and I love every part of his game. He's phenomenal. But their defense fed off of what Brady was doing. You don't think that defense was fired up after that pass uh, from Brady to to, 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 to Scotty Miller? Yeah, to, to Scooter over there to go in and a half them? You That defense was hyped. That defense was checked. They were ready to go. Let's go. I'm going to run through a brick wall for this guy. You think the defense for Green Bay cared or gave a shit? No, they didn't because it's Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't care either. And it's like – and, and I, I get so sort of frustrated hearing all these things. I was like – Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Yeah, fine, great. Statistically, he was better than Brady this game. Great. But what matters most, and what have we said all the time, what is the one thing that matters the most? The scoreboard. You look up and you see what the final score is. Brady threw three picks. Three picks that he never should have thrown in his life, especially one of them down the right sideline, where he just lightly said, Mike, let that thing hang up there, you know, and just and just kind of like a, like, a, like a balloon just waiting to get popped. And, and sure enough, they picked it. And I'm like, what are you – I mean, I'm sitting there. I'm watching the game. I'm just putting my head down. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm already stressed about the game anyway as a Tampa fan and a Brady fan. <laughs> I don't need this type of negativity in my life. What's going I on? I felt your blood pressure rise in my oh, system. Oh, you have no idea. But I was I, – I took – I think I took six years off. I, in fact, no, let me rewind. I took 12 years off my life yeah, uh, watching oh, this game nice. because oh, it was nice. uh, crazy. But that's the thing. And Rogers would have come to the back to the bench and just he would have just he would have pulled a uh, uh, Cam, Cam Newton, Newton Cam, just yeah. <sighs> oh well you know he's he, you know what he can't Aaron Rodgers is the Eeyore of the NFL. That's really good. That's a really good uh, analogy. Oh, like 
is Eeyore of the NFL because oh, that, who was the I lost the championship the, game yep. again. Oh bother! What who was know? the '86 Red Sox? Was it um, Bob? Uh, no, who's the pitcher? The droopy face, that older, just I uh, was Bob, Bob Stanley. Bob Stanley. Bob Stanley. Yeah, he yeah. had that. Yeah, just yeah. has that look like. No, yeah, nothing's yeah. gonna go my way tonight. Yep, yeah, yeah. Bob yeah. Stanley. No yeah, pop. but that's yeah, that's it. That's what I mean. So I don't know. I, I I'm not surprised that Green Bay lost. Obviously, I'm very, very excited. Tampa won. Being a Tampa fan, I uh, and being a Brady fan, and it's awesome. I mean, Brady's going back. I mean, how much of a kick into and and and, and here's where the, the next part of our conversation is gonna lead. How, how big of a kick in the balls is it? to Belichick right now that Brady in one year is going to the Super Bowl again with an NFC team. And, and I'm going to ask you guys and kind of phrase it this way. Now that Brady's going back to the Super Bowl, do you like it or dislike it? Sean, I'm going to start with you on this one. Uh, I guess both. I mean, I like, I like the storyline seeing Brady going to another team and then going to the Super Bowl. But I mean, obviously I'm a Patriots fan first. I big Brady guy, but you leave the franchise, man. You leave kind of – you're kind of like – it's like you're not in my circle anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll I'll cheer you on for a far. Sure, man. I'm happy for you. Good. I hope Brady wins the Super Bowl. Great. Yeah, it sucks as a Patriots fan, and it sucks to see Belichick sitting on his uh, sitting on his hands. Like, this could have all been avoided. I mean, I know we don't even have to go down that road again, but um, things should have ended differently here. So – it's bittersweet because yeah, I want to see Brady. I'm not, nothing more in my heart than I want to see Brady beat Patrick Mahomes again, but I want him to be wearing a blue Jersey, not a Tampa Bay Bucks Jersey. So it's, it's a, it's a love hate thing, I guess right now, but I mean, yeah, I'm going to root for Brady, but yeah, I mean, it, it, there's no reason why he shouldn't have finished his career in new England. So. Yeah. Agreed. Mike. You are... Yeah. So no, go ahead. You, what are you gonna no, I was just going to say, yeah, it's bittersweet. Yeah, no, no, I, I can understand and appreciate that. Mike, your thoughts on this? I love it. I love it because the only thing they talked about the offseason was Brady going to Tampa and then Gronk going to Tampa. That was it. He had no team. Yeah, he had a couple guys. Oh, Bruce Aaron's a shitty coach and Brady's. A... It wasn't like the hype that it used to be with Brady and the Patriots. He was the underdog, whether we want to admit it or not. He was the underdog coming into the season. He had nothing behind him. It was a joke to them. Oh, he left Belichick and Kraft for seven and nine Tampa. A shitty. T- what's in What's in Tampa? There's nothing in Tampa. Well, guess what? A Super Bowl championship could be in Tampa. They're now in the big dance because of Tom Brady's leadership and Bruce Aarons has said that because of what he brought to the team, what he brought to the table. If this isn't a, a rub in the face to Belichick and a rub in the face to that organization of, like Sean, you just said, you could have had me for same or less money to keep me around. All I wanted was weapons. All I've asked for was weapons for three, the past couple of years, three years, and I couldn't get it. Now look at him. I, I yeah, so I, I love that he's back in it. If he wasn't in, I probably wouldn't watch the Super Bowl, but now that he's in it, I, I, I'm going to go for him. I want to see Brady get his seventh. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's just outstanding. It's being a fan is great. Even if you don't like Brady, you got to respect what the hell this guy has done. Ten will- Super Bowls. I will say one thing that if it was Brady versus anybody else, I'd probably root for 
for the other team, but I just don't want Mahomes. I don't want for this reason being, I don't want <laughs> that. I don't want to hear the next. Oh, is this the new dynasty talk with the Chiefs winning back to back Super Bowls? Yeah, so yeah, I want to roof. I mean, I'm I like Tom Brady. I'm a Tom Brady fan, but when you leave the Patriots in my heart, like you're gone, you're dead to me. You know what I mean? See you later, bye. So. I will root for Brady. I hope he wins the Super Bowl this year, only because I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes win another one. Yeah, that's I want to my see that's my little that's my little disclaimer at the at the end. There, my little disclaimer. The fine. That's print. what I want. I, I want Brady to take his <laughs> to take his deflated <laughs> balls and shove them in Mahomes' girlfriend's face and to shut her up because she is the oh, most she's annoying. The worst, thing. Yeah. I'm sorry, she's the most annoying thing on the planet. That's my final statement for this debacle. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm going to tell you. Obviously, obviously for me, it's it's uh, uh, you know a, a whole a, bunch of awesome. It's, it's an awesome. Love for it's you. an awesome sandwich <laughs> in the middle of Fantasticville. I want to watch it with you just to see your reaction to seeing Brady on another team in the Super Bowl. That's what I want to watch. Uh, I I could not a I could not be happier being a longtime Bucks fan, being a Tampa fan, feeling like it was should have been Brady here. Um, you know, in, in New England winning another one, if you could have gotten pizzas around, there was a report out that, you know, the Stefan Diggs was, it was down to, you know, Buffalo and New England makes you wonder. Yeah, I love if, how they dropped that right before that game. That, that right. made me feel really yeah. makes, good. Makes you wonder if, if he talked to Tom and Tom said, nah, I'm leaving. And he chose Buffalo because if Tom was going to stay and you could have gotten digs, we might be having a different conversation. Oh, it was a of, trade, though. Right. No, I, right. I understand that. But I mean, it, I think I think he I'm not saying he dictated it, but I think he kind of was. Oh, yeah, maybe where he was the, going. The magic, the magic yeah. of text messages that we yeah, don't I, see. I, in Brady's yeah, phone. I, I I, my guess it. is because it was down to those two that he had said, hey, I want you to trade me. Here's where we're going to go. I want these two teams. And then and a conversation was had agent to agent, player to player, wink, wink, even though I know you're not supposed <laughs> to that. Um he knew that Brady was leaving because as soon as Dig gets the Buffalo, the next day Brady's gone. But we're going to hold off on a lot of the Super Bowl stuff because obviously leading up to it, um, you know, next week we're going to have, you know, we have hopefully all fives next week on Wednesday. We're going to get into a lot of in-depth topics on uh, on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs uh, leading up to Super Bowl. What's it, 53? Is that where we're at? L-V-I-I-I? Cool. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. It should be LVRRR if you're talking it's to me. So, it's, between, it's between 50 and 60. <laughs> oh, hey, thanks for narrowing it down there, Chief. Pretty pretty much know that. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very little. Um, But let's get to some Boston sports stuff, and let's uh, touch really on the Bruins uh, to start with. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, Since we've last talked. They beat Philly, beat the bag out of them, uh, six to one at home. Uh, great game by Boston. Um, and then last night's game, another great game by uh, Boston going um, three, two in overtime as they score with what? About 11 seconds left. Uh, if I'm correct, that was, uh, or something. yeah, Craig, uh, Craig Smith with the goal. Um, I will say, and Mike, I, I'm going to need your help on this because I did this last show, but I need your help to say this. Tuka Rask, elite so far this year. E 
elite. And he's again, cheating, that's why. He's, I, I, yeah, he's cheating. <laughs> Check his skates. <laughs> he's put steroids in his pads. I get it. I'm I will you. die on this hill. I told you that. I will die on this hill. That's fine. I will say. You I'll say die. my piece after. You could die on the hill, and that's fine. <laughs> and I listen, I, I again, no love lost here with me and Tuca. I'm not a huge fan. However, however, I will at least say that he is playing. I mean, the, the saves he's made in overtime, um, and, and even before then in the shootout before the game, the first game with Philly, was phenomenal. The, that poke check last night, when they had a three-on-O, and they got to figure, you got Crosby, Malkin, you know, a defenseman. You're going to – one of those guys is going to score, right? And I'll admit, they got too cute with it. I think a confident Malkin puts the puck in the net and doesn't dick around with it. But, man, that poke check was something sexy. So, Mike, I'm going to start with you on this one, where we started with Sean on the most of the NFL topics. I'm going to start with you, and I want your assessment of the Bruins over the last couple games. Um, and I will throw this caveat in there. They still are having trouble because all those goals are scored on a shorthand by Marsha on a power play and then a three-on-three. Three. Still having a little, little bit, a little bit of trouble scoring five-on-five. Five. But overall, I want your assessment of the last couple games. A win's a win. They're four-one-and-one. One. I hate to say this. I hate to say it. You can do it. They're listening. You can do it. He's playing all right. <laughs> Playing all right, I, I, and I, and I, ladies and gentlemen, that folks is he's playing great in Mike Lachance talk. He, <laughs> I, I had, I had said, <laughs> fuck off. I had said from the <laughs> the start of the season, he's got a lot to prove. This isn't about being a goaltender. You quit in your team. You left. You quit. You hung them there to dry. They lost because of you. Because of you, they're out. They didn't win the cup. That's a fact. But I also said. This is a this is his comeback season now. Prove of anybody, prove me wrong. Say, okay, you know what, asshole? I'm gonna step it up. For you, for only you, for Mike Lachance, I'm gonna step it up. Rats, I think he's, rats. I think he's stepping it up for his next next uh, contract. <laughs> I don't know about for, for me, you, but for me. I mean millions of dollars. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, or we'll, we'll go that route. Yeah, well we'll just say it's me. No, he he's he's been he he's he has been good. I'm not even going to say his name. I haven't said his name the entire time here, but he, he's been playing <laughs> he, all right. You shall not be named. No, I'm not. <laughs> question mark it. George, you're, George, you're on mute. George is muted again. <laughs> Boom. Uh, he's so excited. I was like, I was like he's like Voldemort. He you know what's funny? Is that all that all that Brady talk, George didn't even hit the mute button. Um, but no, he the, the Bruins, I think. I didn't I'm have glad to. Get that. Nice <laughs> delay on that. Nice delay on that. That was a good one. I think the uh, I think they heard how we talked about him a few weeks ago. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he, he dials up in the uh, Apple yeah. podcast and goes, "Oh shit, the Andrea Sports guys oh, took a rest. Come and listen." Yeah, yeah we gotta listen. <laughs> hey no, boys, but, come but, listen to this. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but Gov, you're right. They there's they're playing good, but it's still that solid. The Krejci's, uh, I mean, Pasha's back ish. Marshan Bergeron. It's the same kind of you know the core four guys and. If they can just, if the other guys, I think either they're not either they're afraid to step up or they they haven't really found their their ground yet. Um, if they stepped up and the defense steps up, this these games shouldn't be going to an overtime and a shootout. They shouldn't be. These games should be one five on five at the end of three. 
boom, that's it. Bruins three to two Bruins, three to one Bruins six to nothing. So it's like, that's the only time to look at Rask and say, why even let a goal in? You're letting these, these, you do these outstanding on your head saves and you save the game on a Tuesday and on a Wednesday, you give up five goals that my nephew could stop. Actually, he probably could stop it, but a, a newborn could stop and he lets him in. So that's my frustration with that guy. Other than that, Georgia, right. They just, they, they're missing so far. So good. They're four, one, one. They're, they're the top of the, they're the top of the, the tower. They're, they're, they're playing good. I want to see them play better. Yeah. There's a the next level. There's a next gear. They yeah, can put they, it and in. they haven't, and they haven't hit that. And again, but, but like you said, they don't have pasta yet. So that could add another right. element and that could help the five on five scoring. Sean, your thoughts on the last couple of games uh, that you've seen the Bruins play and, and what you're looking for. Well, I mean, I, I think it's it's been good. They're playing physical. So that's the number one thing is the young guys are not scared to go into the corners. They're young defenders like uh, Zaboral and um, Lausanne. I mean, they've, they've been playing pretty well from what I've seen. And they're, for the most part, shutting down these other teams. I mean, they, they beat the, the shit out of Philadelphia last uh, – what was that? I don't remember what that was. Last Monday, whatever day – or mm-hmm. after we had our last show. Six on to Thursday. One, on Saturday. Thursday, yeah, Thursday yeah, yeah. right. Saturday, whatever day it was. And then, I mean, last night's game, I mean, that could have got away from them pretty quick. Um, they go up 2 nothing, and obviously, what are they, I know they say in hockey that the worst lead to have is the two-goal lead. So, you saw that again last night. They kind of, I feel like, sat on their heels a little bit after they got up 2 nothing, kind of let Pittsburgh hang around and then take advantage of some opportunities that probably shouldn't have been there. But, I mean, just the, just the resiliency that they show in, in how they – a comeback when they're down and B when they're, when they're up and then give up the lead, how they hold on and still can fi- they finish the game. I mean, it's, it, I agree with Mike. It's, it's getting old it's having us watch shootouts and already what three overtime games and two shootouts so far this season. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, that's it's been only been, season, right? it's only been five games. So, I mean, let's not, let's not make a habit of that, but overall, I mean, they're, they're young guys look good. I think, with time, though, you're going to look even even better. I mean, it's only been we got to remember five, six games, whatever it's been, four one and ones is five games. Um, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of room to improve, a lot of room to grow for these guys, and I think they're going to be all right. But yeah, I think the number one storyline is Tukarask, and I know Mike didn't want to say his name, but man, he's been <laughs> lights out. He's he's bailed them out of a lot of different situations so far this season. He, uh, he made some saves last night, especially against like a team like that, Crosby, Malkin, um, Latang. They got they have a lot of good guys on that team that can put the puck in the net at will, pretty much. So to see him, he's been the backbone of this team so far. And I mean, yeah, I know it's a contract year, but this is what you need out of him. This is that's the kind of goaltender you're going to need if you want to win a Stanley Cup. So if he can continue this the whole season and mix in a little bit of Halak to to give him some rest here and there. As long as he keeps his mental state right, I don't I mean that's always the the question mark with Tuca anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean I like what I see so far, and finally I know they went a while without scoring five on five goal, and then they the floodgates opened against Philadelphia. A little more of a struggle last night against the Penguins, but I mean I think they're going to learn as they go because they do have a lot of young guys, and it's good to see the veterans carrying them right now. So I think once they put it all together, they're going to be a scary team. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think, um, you know, you got guys like Studnicker who's doing well. I know Jake DeBrusque 
Um, had to leave the game early. We're waiting to hear on, on what's going on there. I, you know who I'm loving on this team? Frederick. Mm. I'm loving Hey, he's not scared to mix it up either. Uh, and him and him and Kevin Miller. And Kevin Miller looks Kevin phenomenal. Miller looks like like he's been like and he, and he, Captain America. Like they put him in the cryo chamber. And he was one, one of the ones. And he was one of the ones I think we all agreed on at the start of the season. We're like, oh, he's you know, he's kind of – it is what it is. Well, yeah, he but can I mean, stay he, healthy and play like this the whole season. Dude man, has he's stepped be up. Well, he, he's got he's, – yep. I mean, at this point in time, he's got a RoboCop knee. It's completely, you know uh, – Yeah, that's what I'm know, saying. They, they popped redone. him back out of the, the cryogenic chamber, and now he's ready to go. But, and man, he's, he's not he's, afraid. He's he's like a new-age Adam McQuaid. He's not afraid yeah, to drop and he's, it quick you know what and I, still get – I noticed about him, too, is it looks like he's leading by example. He lets his play. He doesn't – Yes, he's going out there, and he's he's really I feel like being the kind of the the leader of the young the younger defenders, and they're kind of like feeding off his energy and kind of taking a step back and looking at what the way he does stuff. I think he could be a really like helpful leader to these younger guys that are coming up for the first time this year. So, him, yeah. I think yeah, but him and Tuca are the two big big storylines so far. I think, and then Pasta coming back. Yeah, man, look out! This team could be. Oh, we we got. Matty O'Brien's gonna be joining us. I'm with you on uh, on both of those. I think I think we both said that, or I think we all said, even though Mike, I know you didn't necessarily agree, but Tuker is the biggest is one of the biggest factors in this team because they're gonna go how he goes. Um, right, that's right. You didn't say his name. Um, the other guy who I, and and I'm glad Matt's gonna be joining us here <laughs> because yeah, I'm, I'm I'm elated because I think this falls into Matt's favorite category. You know who's you know who's been unbelievable this year so far? That Boy would George. be that would be that would be that fat faced guy, Nick Ritchie. He has got six points in six games on fire. So He's Matt O'Brien, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us here. Give us uh give us your thoughts on the Bruins right now and your boy, Nick Ritchie. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I always love calling in from the road. In this call guys. right now. This guy's an asshole. I know who he is in this call right now. Wait a minute. Hey, Mike, Mike, I haven't even started talking about you, brother. Let me, why don't you just wait there, sit, hey, buddy, fat Joe it and lean back, okay? <laughs> first off, Mike, how do you spell God? M I K E. B R A D Y T U U K K A two U's two K's two points. You ought to write him a thank you letter, okay? I hate this and guy just so much. thank you, thank him. Now back <laughs> to my favorite character, that fat bitch Richie. Notice how he wasn't even on the ice in the overtime because <laughs> he already ordered a pizza that was already delivered to the TD Bank North Garden. Okay. Yeah, six points in five games. Whoop de doo, Basel. What does it all mean? Give me a break. That guy, we've only played five games, six games, whatever it may be. He sticks his fat ass right out in front of the net. Let me know when games twenty-six and twenty-seven happen when he's on the fourth line or a healthy scratch because they ran out of oxygen tanks for him on the bench. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great, great show. I need to get back on the road before I kill myself. Two years, two games. Oh, that'd be that'd be too that'd be too Tuka, bad. Tuka, Tuka. Uh, I, I think, Matt O'Brien 
ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the road. Uh, we Ken appreciate Kniff you is the biggest us. asshole. That was that was excellent. Go back uh, to Scranton, uh, I'm sorry that too. that fat Joe and lean back comment was priceless. I love it. <laughs> uh, but he's right. Nick Ritchie, three goals, three assists. Although he is a minus two. That's big in this uh in this offense. And no, I should say on this team is to be more on the plus side of things. Um, but again, I think they're playing good. I, I, you got, uh, you know, you got coming up on the schedule tomorrow, you got Pittsburgh again at home and then they go down to Washington to see their old friends at Dan Ochara, which on Saturday, before, uh, uh, if you're joining us, make sure you are on our Saturday show at 11 AM. Uh, make sure you join us and, you know, be able to, to, to talk that game up and, and, uh, you know, really get into some of the X's and O's and what we think uh, Chara's been like uh, for Washington. I will give you a quick thing. I did see Chara uh, was on the ice and gave up the puck. I know, Mike, to your chagrin, you love it. Gave up the puck directly that caused a goal. Shocker. Yeah, hang his fucking that number on the That doesn't sound like him. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, Hall of Fame, first ballot, retire his jersey. Here we go, boys. Here we go. Hey, give up the puck. 97-year-old shitbag on the ice in Washington. <laughs> South, asshole. Uh, well, let's let's transition to something that Mike can get behind um, because I know he's a big <laughs> fan of this team. Uh, the Boston Celtics looking really good uh, after they got crushed by Philly on uh, Friday, 122-110 to on a back-to-back loss. They kicked the crap out of Cleveland, 141-103 on Sunday. And then they kicked the uh, crap out of Chicago, 119 to 103 tonight. They have Sacramento, um, which I'm a little nervous about because of the whole COVID thing and whatnot. I mean, you, you're, you're, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like how like, it's, 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 we agree. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's weird. It's going to be weird because I I mean, who knows what they're going to be able to pull out? Because Sacramento had to postpone a game, well, you know, because they weren't able to put a lot of guys out. So I'm thinking that it's probably going to be an easier game. But they never really. I mean, Greg Popovich is arguably. I'm going to tell you right now, straight up, Greg Popovich is probably the best coach in the NBA right now, hands down. Has been for a long time. Uh, I just think that, you know, him. he always, he, I love him too. He's, he's, he's a hell of a coach. Uh, I just think he's always played in and he always has his teams ready to go. But, but today is a monumental day for the Celtics because this is the first time the big three, and I'll use that term very loosely, uh, but you have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker all in the lineup uh, at once uh, where Tatum's just coming back after the COVID. So Sean, I'm going to start with you on this one. Your thoughts on this Celtics team, how they are and where they slid to. I know Brad Stevens uh, said in a, a, a conversation and in an interview that their 8-4 and four record didn't really show where they were or where they should be. He thought they were more of a 500 team. So they've kind of fallen back to earth with a couple losses. Again, even though they, they beat Cleveland you know, in Chicago, where do you see this team heading into Sacramento? And what are you looking for with these three guys coming back and being in the lineup today? Um, I mean, yeah, I think I kind of, I'd have to agree with, uh, with Stevens's comments. I mean, yeah, eight and four looks good on paper, but I think he's right. I mean, they're, they're, 
they haven't really been tested too much. I mean, yeah, they played the, the Sixers twice and they didn't look very good against them. So, I mean, that's obviously concerning, but they didn't have Tatum either. So, I mean, I, I still, I feel like the jury's kind of out. Like it's too early to tell like where, I mean, I know when we did our predictions before the season started, I had them down, but around fifth or sixth in the Eastern conference. Um, I like what I see out of the way that like Jalen Brown is developing. He looks like he's going to be a monster this season. If he stays healthy and keeps playing the way he is and add Tatum back into the mix, when he gets back to a hundred percent off his little COVID stint there, man, that's going to be a pretty good one, two punch. And I know you, you had said that at the beginning of the season, who would you rather have? Um, and I had a couple guys on the top of my list, but man, they're, they're making a case to be at the top of the list. Now those two guys together, they're playing well and Tatum, uh, I hope he mean, hopefully he came out of COVID. He's everything's good to go. Like he can, I know he's probably going to be on minute restrictions for a couple more games, whatever, but man, they, they have a lot to prove in the Eastern conference, just because look at the guys that are there now. I mean, Giannis got drew holiday and um, Kyrie and that experiment that's going on over there seems to be functioning right now. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's still, in my opinion, the jury is still a little, a little out too, too early to tell, but I like the way that they're playing. I, I still think they're a piece or two um, away from being a, a true contender uh, for the championship, but I could see them right now still, I still would say fourth or fifth in the Eastern conference. Yeah, I, I'll um I'll agree with you on that. I mean, right now, just Mike, I'll get to your thoughts on this. They're currently second. Technically, they're ahead of Milwaukee for third because they have a better conference record. But both them and Milwaukee are ten and six. Philly is twelve and six. But the Pacers are ten and seven. Brooklyn's eleven and eight. Um, again, percentage points and whatnot. But Atlanta, Cleveland, and Orlando are nine and eight, eight and nine, and eight and ten, respectfully. Yeah, it's all. But the Knicks close beat right eight now. and eleven just outside the playoff picture. Now again, where what uh, sixteen, you know, sixteen, eighteen games in, and I know, uh, obviously, with the things going on in COVID in the NBA, it's kind of been fluid and whatnot. Teams can play, can't play. Guys are playing, guys not. We don't have enough. We do have enough. We'll play. So I know there's a little bit of fluidity to this, but. Generally speaking, they're a couple points either away from or a couple games away from either being the top and literally being the top dog in this conference or slipping down to the four or five, six spot, you know, very quickly. So, Mike, your thoughts on uh, on the last couple of games. And I know you're you're becoming a resurgent uh, Celtics fan yeah, yeah. and enjoy watching this team. So what have you seen out of this team that you're excited about and what are you looking for them to build on? Well, like you said, having the you know, the first time back with that, with the new big three very loosely termed. Um, but keep in mind, a car with a flat tire can still run. I think I think Boston is just has a flat tire. It's still going. It's still going to go. I think having all the guys back now, and as much as I love him, Taco, he's a guy who stepped up. He could be an absolute dominant guy under the under the net for the Celtics. Uh, I, I think they're they're on pace to do good. I just want to see if when all these when those three guys are on the court together, if the momentum of the guys who are on the bench kind of fill in the spots. If that doesn't change the mentality, you know, sometimes it's the, okay, you know, big brothers back home now, and I'm going to sit back and do this and watch them play. And I'm going to get my chance. I hope Brad Stevens realizes what he had, which is a phenomenal team. The entire team is great, but also utilize these three guys with other guys and mix it up and kind of have that 
blanket of just a solid team and not just do the, the, the starting five and keep it that way and bring that guy in. But okay, well, well, this guy had 20 points last game. Why isn't he playing, you know, more than two minutes? So I, I, I think I was with Sean on the finishing fifth or sixth. I mean, it's too early to tell right now, but I, I do think they're on pace to, to be really good. They were a contending team last year. I think now playing in their, their back at the garden, they're, they're playing actually out in different spots. I hope everyone stays healthy. I hope we don't have this COVID thing happen again because that kind of put a lot of teams out with postponing and you don't really know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, they might cancel a game for a week. So it's, it's kind of okay. Stay focused. You, you're wearing the, you're wearing the green jerseys. You're wearing Celtic pride Jersey. Let's just stay focused. Do we have to do and things will be good. I just hope that the momentum and the mentality of the guys who've been playing doesn't change just because two guys are back now. I hope it doesn't change their, their way. And if this is old school Boston team, it will change, but I hope it doesn't because that's what we're used to seeing is that we're used to seeing these guys, pull the Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, and lean back and go, okay, my season's over now. I hope they keep stepping it up and, and prove it. But, yeah, no, I think I think, I think think they're good. I think they have a good good shot this season. Hopefully they just uh, stay the course. Uh, I'm with you. And, uh, and again, we'll shall see. We'll see what tonight's game. I'm looking forward to watching it because, again, I want to see what the dynamic of uh, these three guys. I will say I'm not necessarily worried about Kemba's gone like one for six, one for eight shooting. I'm more excited about his explosiveness with his knee. And I think that's at least been good. I like the minutes restrictions on Kemba. I know it's starting to get ramped up to like, you know, high, high 20 minutes, you know, I'd say low 30 in the next like week or so that you'll see him out there. But even beyond that, um, I'm excited that he's got at least a little explosiveness. I'm hoping that with the way they maintain him, you know, not playing on back-to-backs, uh, keeping his minutes low for right now, that that'll extend his season that much further. So he'll be able to be ready and fresh for the playoff run. Because I do think, ultimately, the, the Celtics team, they're going to make the playoffs. I, I mean, whether they finish first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever, I think they're going to make the playoffs. And I think with a healthy Kemba, who you didn't really have last year, Tatum and Brown balling out right now. Um, and again, you can put some pieces around there. They got that mid-level exception. They can go out and get a guy from a team that, you know, is is middling and decides they want to get that, you know, some some trade, you know, some trade uh, um, acquisitions back, some trade relief back, some cap space back, maybe a pick or so, or maybe send a guy that's up in Maine, you know, back with them. I think you can have something here for the Celtics team that could make a pretty good run. You know, against the Milwaukee's, against, you know, the the 76ers and whatnot. Um, but let's switch it to something that is very topical, obviously just happened yesterday. Um, and that's the Hall of Fame voting for Major League Baseball. So if you didn't know, Major League Baseball unveiled uh, their Hall of Fame votes for the 2021 inductees. And here's who made it into the Hall of Fame. Hold on, let me hold on. Let me, let me write it down who made it in. Yeah, you ready? Can, uh, you got a yeah, you got a pen, paper. Describe. All right. Yeah, right there. Zero. There you go. Point That's his name right there. Zero. Nobody get into the Hall of Fame. Um, there were fourteen writers who left their ballots completely blank. Which to me is just you should you should not be voting anymore if that's if that's the ass hattery you're gonna do you just shouldn't be voting in my opinion. I vote for somebody. 
Fuck, vote. Hey, vote for Pedro. <laughs> uh, and I say that from, from Tuca. Yeah, 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 right. Put him in the baseball of fame. Hell, vote put, for Matt Tom, O'Brien. put Tom Brady and Danny Ainge in the baseball of fame. Both of those guys yep. got drafted, right? Point is, vote for somebody, right? And 14 guys didn't. And it, it, this. It, Old. We're gonna we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the baseball hall of fame and then we've got some discussions coming up about the hall of fame in general, but here's how the the hall of fame broke down. All right, so you need seventy five uh, percent of the votes in order to become a hall of fame inductee. Kurt Schilling had seventy one point one. He was on seventy percent of the ballots in twenty twenty. Bond and he was first, 285 votes. Bonds had 61.8. He was at 60.7 percent. Clemens was at 61.6. He was at 61 last year. Scott Rowland had a big jump, 52.9. He was on 35.3. And then Omar Vizquel went down. He was at 49.1. He was at 52.6 last year. Billy Wagner jumped up. Todd Helton jumped up. Gary Sheffield jumped up. Andrew Jones jumped up um other than that uh a couple of guys stayed the same mark burley tory hunter were first timers bobby abreu tim hudson first timer the guys who won't be on it anymore are Mar- ramos ramirez latroy hawkins barry zito aj burnett michael kadire dan Heron, nick swisher and shane victorino if you're under five percent you don't get in so the question i have for you guys and and again i'm i'm you know if i just uh pull this up here for a second uh where is this let's open this with preview so we had we had bonds clemens omar viskel and kurt schilling we thought about Andrew ramirez we thought about andy pettit but we ultimately said no so we had four guys we had bonds clemens schilling viskel Again, looking at that, it was Bond, it was Schilling, Bonds, Clemens, Scott Rowland came in fourth, Viscal came in fifth. So we had four out of the top five guys in the hall uh, on our ballot, our unofficial armchair sports guys ballot. So, um, Mike, I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, and you know, again, we're gonna we're gonna get into a debate. This is gonna lead into our hot uh, hot take court uh, coming up in a bit. But Mike, your thoughts on the Hall of Fame voting and and, and, and what the hell happened? You know what I mean? I guess the best actually, thing to put it. I, I, I sent a text earlier and you actually kind of corrected me. And what you just said is kind of what I was thinking. And I guess I should award it like this. Except for the, the Rock Roll Hall of Fame, I think should just be abandoned itself. I hate the Rock Roll Hall of Fame, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. As for Hall of Fames in general, you're right. We should have them. There should be them. The writers are embarrassment. They're they, they're a, a soil to every single sport in every game. These are shitbag writers who just want headlines. They don't care about players. And if they do, let's take, for example, and I'm not going to make this a, a rant for a while. I know we got stuff to take care of here, but Kurt Schilling, just as, as the main guy, because he's the main topic of this whole thing. It's, it's Schilling. The guy should be in. Instead, you had guys who left their ballots empty, what about like a Todd Helton? Uh, you said Gary Sheffield was on there too. Was that one yep, of the? Yep. Andy? So you get these guys that okay, maybe they weren't extraordinary in their time, but maybe they're Hall of Fame worthy for some stuff they did. This 
if you want to compare him like Sedano Chara, maybe they don't have a lot of stats or a lot of records or hold a lot of championships, but what they've done off the field, what they've done to help out teams on the field, maybe it's worthy. So instead of these assholes leaving their ballots empty, put one of those guys in. Give those guys something. Give some attention to the guys who didn't have it their whole career but deserve to be in it. Instead, they made a statement that required zero thought because they're brainless, dickless, spineless losers that sit behind their desk, that make the little videos, that leave their ballots empty and go, I'm making a political statement now, just like Schilling did, and we're not going to let him in because of it. And that's what it was. I think it's an embarrassment. I think they should get rid of every Hall of Fame, how they elect guys to get in, give it to the managers and the players, and that's it. Not even owners of teams, managers and players, guys who played for and with and against these, these guys who are going to the Hall of Fame. Let them decide. Because like Kurt Schilling said in his letter he sent out, he doesn't want to get in the Hall of Fame. He's off the ballot. Now. He wants to be off. They, Of course, they denied that request because they want headlines. That just shows you how bad they are. He wants to be off. And like he said, the players know I deserve to be in. That's more of an honor to me than actually being in. So that's kind of my whole point about the Hall of Fame. Is it really worth it? Is it worth it? Is, I mean, the respect of your teammates and former guys, is it worth having Todd Viscucci? Is that his name Viscucci or Vid? What his name? Viducci. Is it worth this guy deciding to put you in the Hall of Fame? Dan Shaughnessy. I mean, come on. Get up, get off it. Move on. They're a bunch of losers. I, I can't Sorry. disagree with that. I, listen, I can't disagree with that. Sean, your thoughts. Makes me so mad. Yeah, I mean, going along with what Mike said, it's it's pretty sad that these guys are being put in the Hall of Fame by guys that haven't played baseball since Little League. I mean, there is a lot, a lot of that that goes into it where it's it's these writers get almost in spite of these players get not putting them in because oh, this guy blew me off on an interview twenty years ago. Oh, this guy this guy would yeah, this guy didn't would never give me the time of day when I was in the locker room or the clubhouse, whatever. It's it's you shouldn't be able to to keep somebody out of a hall of fame because of their attitude, like their the way you feel about them. I mean, it's, yep. it should it should be solely based on what they did on the field and who they were as a player. Not how I don't care if they're a dickhead in the, in the clubhouse to, to a writer. I don't care if he told you that he didn't want to give you an interview or, or told you he would give you an interview that blew you off after. That has nothing to do with what they did on the field and the, the time they put in and, and the, the games they played, the accomplishments they have. I mean, I don't think Scott Rowland should be in the in the Hall of Fame, but do I think Kurt Schilling should? Yeah. Would I have left an empty ballot as a writer? The only time I would ever leave an empty ballot is if there was guys that weren't deserving to be in the Hall of Fame on the ballot, and that was it. There's four or five guys we we talked about earlier earlier this year before they, they cast the votes that deserve to be in there. And you want to know why? I mean, yes, we're going to get into the hot take court topic on a couple of the guys, but a guy like Schilling. Yeah, you might not agree with his politics. You might not like the rants he goes on on Twitter, but that has nothing to do with what he did on the baseball field. It has nothing to do with the games he pitched, the World Series that he won, the Cy Youngs that he won. That has nothing to do with him being on Twitter or the failed uh, media company that he had. That, none of that shit matters. It should only be what he did on the field, and these writers are so offbeat with the way that they vote, and they're all 100 years old, too. None of them have anything to do with the game anymore. They barely even cover the, the game. They just they sit in a seat that got them where they are, and they won't give it up. It's like being a senator or a congressman. It's yep. 
time to for a change. The baseball writers should, I don't know what the solution is, but putting, putting the voting in their hands is, is the wrong way to do it. That's uh, so the way I feel. I actually have your solution. I think you have to make it up amongst of, I'd say younger writers, but have a few writers, a few players that played that were in, I want to say in the hall of very good guys that, that, are really great ball players that were good, but they just don't have Hall of Fame numbers for various reasons. Scott Rowland. Owners. Yes, Scott Rowland, right. Yep. Scott, yeah. like, guys like that. But guys like, I want guys like Jared Carabas, guys who follow and love the sport and promote the sport and aren't going to be butthurt because you didn't give him an interview, you know, back in 63. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you, you picture Dan Shaughnessy. He's a perfect example. I know. It's ball- literally bizarre that they can based on personal opinion, keep somebody out of the Hall of Fame. Yep. Old, curmudgeon, sanctimonious bastards that think baseball is such an unbelievable sport when it is the fastest dying sport in America. And they're helping to kill it. Damn it, does that kill me to say that? Because I will say, and I said this before, I'll say it again, baseball will be always and forever my wife. Every other sport's a mistress. I love baseball. There's nothing better than just going to a park. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if it's a little league game, if it's a high school game, college game, uh, co- you know, collegiate summer ball like the Cape League or the FCBL or uh, a single A, double A, triple A or pros. Grabbing a couple of hot dogs, a couple of beers, grabbing a scorebook and sitting out and scoring a game on a perfect June day. We hold on, Mike. Hold on, Mike. Hold on. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is this <laughs> is that is that is literally <laughs> that is literally like my, my favorite thing to do in this world. Yeah. I don't care if I'm sitting by myself in the bleachers or I'm surrounded by thirty-seven thousand of my closest friends. You know what I mean? Like I don't well, care. I love that. <laughs> I love that. that. That is so you can you can go back and you can look at a game if you scored it and you can say, Wow. You know exactly what happened. You could go and look at that. You could go and see that. And there's something passionate about that that I love. You can't do that with football. You can't do that with basketball. You can't do that with hockey. I get it. You can do it ish from a stats perspective, but there's nothing like that in baseball. And and, and it's just it kills me that these old pricks are ruining this frigging game by not putting guys in there that should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, I, I just it kills me, I, Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to you and and yeah, and, and yeah, I yeah. and then I've got um, you know, I I I've I've got an idea, uh, and I want to run some names by you, but go ahead, Mike. So I there there's just two quick things. One for the, the 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 writers who do this. This is the only time of year we hear these guys' name. The only other than Shaughnessy because he's a local kind of a local a local legend apparently. Yeah, yeah. But the, this is the only single time. Out of their entire career, their entire writing career that we hear these assholes names. That's one. Number two, at the start of this whole season, when you know we talked about, uh, we had one of the shows a, a while back. Where would you go? What's the first place you'd want to go? What would you want to do? And I what? said, Bruins. Bruins are my love. That was the first thing my dad ever took me to see in the eighties. I, I was at the old Garden. Bruins will forever be my love. The Gardens uh, is is my church, but. Going through Gate C, up to that bleachers, up to that ramp, smelling the the green moss. I'm smelling the green moss. Smell, smell the monster. Yeah, yeah. Smelling hey, the fresh a- cut green grass. Just 
walking into Fenway, knowing that a hundred some odd years ago, someone else did the same thing and had the same feeling I'm getting at that moment, whether I'm 37 or I'm three, mm-hmm. it's, there is no better feeling as a sports or just a, just a, we have family friends that live out of state that come to visit us and to come to Boston just to go see Fenway, just to yeah. take a picture outside of Fenway. There is nothing like going to a Red Sox game. If they lost 37 to one, I still have a really deep hearted love of those Saturday summer games at 2 PM mm-hmm. when you know you have to, somehow crawl home from Boston to Western. <laughs> I get it. 730. I, I get it. So, <laughs> so I, I w- and we're going to get into the hot take core, which is going to be Mike and I yeah. debating on the steroid guys, because obviously Bonds was on there. Clemens is on there. Mary and Mary's is on there. We're going to get into that, but I want to give you his name. Larry Walker. I know he's going in with Cheetah because they are going to have a Hall of Fame because they didn't do it in 2020 with the COVID. So the 2021 Wink Wink Hall of Fame is going to be Jeter yeah. and Larry Walker in uh, in June or July. I can't remember when it is. But who would you say the greatest, one of the greatest pitchers in the in the game? Sandy Koufax, right? Yep. Right? Yeah, okay. I can, I can agree on that. Yeah, one of the greatest. Didn't get in unanimously. Arguably the sexiest left-handed swing I personally have ever seen. Ken Griffey Jr. didn't get in unanimously. One the guy, greatest yeah. hitter of all time. One Great, one guy. Yeah. Greatest hitter of all time. Pete, uh, 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 Ted Williams didn't get in unanimously. Right. Mariano Rivera, who deserves every accolade. He played the game the right way on and off the field. Great guy on and off the field by all accounts. Was the very first unanimous guy in there. You mean to tell me. You mean to tell me. Hank Aaron, rest in peace, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays. These two guys didn't get in first ballot unanimously. If that's Jeter? the case, and you all, well, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even put Jeter up in the case with those. No, two guys. I'm just saying, those you're two guys. About names. Yeah, you, you yeah. want to put a, you want to put the, the greats of the greats of the greats. I'm going Ted Williams, I'm going Hank Aaron, I'm going Willie Mays, and I will let right. you start the rest of your team and pick your other nine, and I'll beat you with whoever you leave me. You give me those three guys and those three guys, none of them made it in unanimously because of these sanctimonious little pricks who have a yep. pencil pushing a-holes who type on a typewriter and put words out about baseball because they think it's what they're supposed to do. Get the chance to vote. If this is the reason that guys don't get in because these little a-holes don't want to take and do the right thing and put guys in that should be. Well, then I'm sorry. The BBWAA needs to get disbanded and have either new membership put in or a new way to get voting. Now, I don't think fans should vote personally because I think fans are dicks. Everybody would vote for stupid. Exactly. They're stupid. (laughs) I think if you're going to let fans in, you have to have a vetting process. You've got to go through. Now I know that the Red Sox did that thing where they had like the president of Red Sox nation. Fine. You want to get a, 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 um, a real fan, a real fan from these teams and have a real fan go on to all these teams and be part of that process. Now that's awesome. That's how you get fans back involved. That's how you get your fans, your fan base back up. But to leave these writers, the ability to have carte blanche to put these people in is beyond me. It, it, it drives me effing insane, but that's going to lead us into our hot take court, which again, is going to feature myself 
and Mike Lachance, we're going to be discussing. <sighs> we are going to be discussing uh, the the steroid users because obviously, you know, you had Bonds, you had Clemens, who were right there, but they didn't. They just didn't get in. So, uh, Mike, I'll let you. You know, I- I'll let you go first on this one. Sean is going to be our judge. Uh, Sean, you got to have a timer for three minutes. Yeah. For each of us, and then after we're going to get our closing takes. If you don't know, that's how it's going to go. We each get three minutes, then we get our closing arguments, and then the judge will rule on this case. Uh, let me get the, let me get, let's I knock a bunch of things over here. Jesus Christ, what am I doing? Here we is go. Work done. There we go. Yeah, is. it's work done. The court is in session. Uh, Sean, the Honorable Sean Farhadian, has the floor. So, Sean, uh, I will let you take over from here, and uh, and and, and uh, let's go. All right. Uh, who's my defendant? Who's my plaintiff? Well, I think they should get in, Your Honor. I say, right, wait a minute. You, get, you have three minutes to uh, to tell me why, then. All right. Well, first of all, <clears throat> I'm going to say two names because that's the two names that everyone always thinks about this thing is McGuire and Sosa. Uh, Mark McGuire has a 583 home run career average. That's pretty good in my book. Um, the 1998 Sosa McGuire chase for first, the home run, whole, the, the whole shabacle that whole year, every single fan, every fan was, was linked in to their, to their TV sets. They were watching. They loved it. Everyone loved it. Um, then you had, you know, they had had a documentary of it that had 1.6 million views. People want to hear the story about it. They want to relive it. They're reliving it again because it was such a good time for us to watch these two beasts, these two dominations of baseball hitting home runs every single time. I think that 99 all-star game, uh, Mark McGuire, the year after that, the 98 whole thing, I think he hit what 17 or 18 home runs at Fenway, some sort of astronomical record. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on it, but still we cheered for him. Oh my God, this guy's amazing. Then you go back to the Clemens days. Roger Clemens, another one. He was, did he, did he take steroids? Did he not take steroids? Well, Clemens in the eighties was still dominating. He was still a guy that was dominating. These other guys, McGuire, Sosa, they were still a name. They were still performing. Barry Bonds was still performing. These guys were still hitting. They were still hitting hits. They were still hitting home runs. The fans are hypocrites. The fans love hypocrisy. They love the flavor of the week. They want everybody in. If these guys had a chance to be on the ballot going back that those times, 98, 99, 2000, they'd be in first ballot, not even worried about it. But now that time's gone and they're not the flavor anymore, they're kind of pushed and they say, well, yeah, they, they were they were, took steroids, they took PEDs, and most of those guys admitted it. But we loved it. As fans, we loved every single bit of it because that's what drew us in. They drew us in completely. I was hooked. You were hooked, Your Honor. Even George was hooked watching it. Maddie was hooked. We were all hooked because we wanted to see what happens next. But now that time's gone on and there's new players and better players, players who do much worse things that are getting in. You might have players that abuse drugs or players that are just abusive and they still have a chance to get in without even a, a thought, a second thought about it. I say these guys did a lot for the game. Uh, the fans salivated at every single time these guys are at bat. I seconds. think these guys. I think these guys should be in. Um, I think we should forget about what they've done, move it on because we love them then. Why can't we love them now? But you got the writers that are going to screw it up. But I think let them in. We're all fans of theirs. 
You can't deny it. I yield my time. For the gentleman. All right. Uh, George, your rebuttal. Well, it's just simple. It's just easy. You cheated. You cheated to get in. And, and to play the game and, and to, to granted, yeah, maybe fine. You elevated the game of baseball for the summer. Yep, we all loved it. We all liked Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire with the home run chase. But guess who got screwed out of that? A guy who did it the right way, Roger Maris. Guess who got screwed out of Hank Aaron's home run things? I mean, uh, uh, Barry Bonds' home run things. Hank Aaron. Those guys, the legends, the guys that have been around for forever because these records were not made to be broken. They got screwed out of that as a title because of these guys cheated. Bud Selig, who was a commissioner during this whole time, is in the Hall of Fame. How that is effing possible is beyond me. He knew. Everybody knew. Everybody knew that these guys were on steroids. And yet Bud Selig and Major League Baseball turned a, turned their eye and, and, and just said, nope, we're good. And there's nothing going on, nothing to see here. It's just fantastic. You know, we're, we're, we're back in business here with Major League Baseball. You know, uh, 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 money is up from revenue. People are going to games more. This is great. We're, gonna, we're bringing things to the kids. This is fantastic. All the guys that came before them got screwed because these guys cheated. Uh, plain and simple, right? Shoeless Joe Jackson in the Black Sox scandal. Those guys were paid to throw a game. Guess what? Whoosh, completely wiped away. They've done a couple different movies on it. Shoeless Joe Jackson didn't even know what he was signing. He just put an X down and he couldn't read. And yet they still keep him out of the Hall of Fame. And he was one of the better players on that team. Pete Rose, the hit king. One of the best. I loved watching P. Rose in the 80s. That guy, Charlie Hustle, was phenomenal. Guess what? You gambled on games. Guess what? You're out. You're not even put on the ballot, bro. You aren't even put on the ballot because they banned you for life. So you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that guys like McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Bonds, Clements, I don't care if they were good. Bonds and Clements should be Hall of Famers, no doubt. If Bonds didn't take and use, you know, steroids and make his head look 15 times bigger than it was, and if Clements didn't make his ass look 15 times bigger than it was because of taking steroids, these guys still would have been Hall of Famers. But Clements' career with the Red Sox alone should make him a Hall of Famer. Bonds' career with Pittsburgh should make him a Hall of Famer. But both of those guys cheated. Both of the guys guys took its steroids to make an advantage, to give them advantage, and that in and of itself right there, that to me is what makes me lose it and not allow them in the Hall of Fame. Those guys, if you're going to keep Pete Rose off the ballot and Shoeless Joe Jackson off the ballot, then those guys don't even deserve to be on the ballot at all. That's your three minutes. Wow, I timed that perfect. <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right, Mike, your closing argument. All right, I'll be quick on this. Um, George actually just kind of lost this battle here with by using his own smoking gun, Bud Selig. Bud Selig, God rest his little soul, he's in the Hall of Fame. He sat back collecting his money while we all sat back giving him, giving him our money watching this. And in this whole time, and no one talked about the Roger Marises and, and the, the Willie Mazes. They talked about the streak, the home run number. What can McGuire and Sosa do? What can Bonds beat? 
They didn't care about the other guys. They wanted to see these guys beat that number, come hella high water. Bud Selig let it happen. You let Bud Selig get in, you have to let the other guys get in because he supported them. He collected his money, and we gave it to him, hook, line, and sinker. If you're going to let him in, you let these other guys in. Let these guys in, you let a Pete Rose in. But that's another story. You let you let these guys in for that simple fact alone. If anything else, the guy who let it happen, who supported it, is now in the Hall of Fame. You let these guys in because that's what they did. Because every single person from media to fans to writers to owners to commissioners loved every second of it. And they wanted to see the numbers go up and up and up and who can break whose record. And they know what? They did. They gave us what we wanted. So that's my final argument. You let them in. You let one in. You got to let them all in. That's the way she goes. I thought you were going to say that. It was going to be quick, Mike. Nope. That was about 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, 30 seconds too much. <laughs> George, your closing argument, please. It's very simple, Your Honor. It just, it's easy. Um, Again, Mike, you just made my point. If you're going to one in, let them all in. What are we at the Hall of Very Good? When do we start? When do we stop having uh, the putsification of standards here, not just with the Baseball Hall of Fame, but across the board? Make a stand and say, no, these guys don't deserve to get in because they cheated. If you cheated at work or you cheated at cards, you go out of the casino, you cheat. What do they do? They throw your ass out and not let you back in. So why should these guys get the credit they deserve prior to cheating, but get the credit they deserve for cheating? Bonds is a whole favorite before he cheated, but he cheated to get better because he knew he needed to and he wanted to. So that makes him a cheater. But, oh, we're going to praise him because he had 72 home runs one year. F the F out of here with that. Clemens, oh, you struck out 20 guys pre-steroids twice. Twice. That in of itself is an unbelievable accomplishment. What you did from the Red Sox in 86 was unbelievable. But because you stuck steroids in your ass, you just you know, decided to prolong, you know, prolong your career for 600 more fucking years that this is what we're going to do. We're going to put you in the Hall of Fame because, oh, well, you know, he struck out 3,000 guys and this is what he did. You were a Hall of Famer before, bro. You should have realized it and you should have cheated. Because you cheated, you're out. I didn't have to swear the whole time. Just so I can say that, Your Honor. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have Your to Honor. Say <laughs> I would, I would not like that comment stricken from the record. <laughs> so, Your Honor, what say you? What is your verdict? My verdict? Man, you guys both made good arguments, but one of the things that Mike said really resonated with me, and I think, uh, I think that's going to give his argument take the cake on. Uh, they put hey, Bud Seelig in. They put you, Bud Seelig in, man. And he's the guy that oversaw this whole shenanigans. So if he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, then you got to let the – you put the puppet master in, you got to put the puppets in too. So I'm going to have to side with Mike. Put those guys in. Thank you. I wish the other two guys were here. I dedicate this victory to Richard Matt, who couldn't be here <laughs> to enjoy this. I'm now one and two. I started off slow, but I'm going to feel myself coming back. Thank you, Your Honor. Very, very wise decision. I know it was a tough one, and I thank you for What do they say? Ruling in, or, uh, ruling in favor of the plaintiff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the defendant. Well, I don't know what you – are you the defendant or the plaintiff? I don't know. Ah, we'll make him the plaintiff today. 
All right. But that is it. That is the hot take court night. Mike, <laughs> Mike, holy shit. This is a this is a landmark. I want you to do me a favor. Find a calendar and put a red circle around this. Because this <laughs> is literally, this is literally your first victory on the show no, ever. I ever. I have I have something <laughs> special planned for Saturday. You, you should pop a whiskey. Just, you, you should pop some champagne like you did. <laughs> I have something special planned for Saturday's show. You you all want to stick around for that one. Oh I have my something goodness. Planned. How did Not I bad. lose to how the hell you know what? How the hell did I lose to Mike F and Lachance on this? That's what I want to know. No, no, but you this, did. This thing was rigged. This is bullshit I demand a recount. You know what? It, it'll <laughs> he, it looks, he cheated <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I like. Did you Venmo him, you bastard? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for being a part of it. Uh, if you want, make sure I should say if you want, you freaking should because we're awesome. You should follow us on all our socials at the Armchair Sports Guys on Facebook, at the Armchair Sports Guys on Instagram, Armchair underscore Guys on twitter also we're on tiktok at the armchair sports guys again hot take court the hottest fastest segment growing here on the armchair sports guys and don't forget our saturday show bunch of shenanigans which we end with our jackass of the week another great segment we bring to you each and every week here on the armchair sports guys so from matt o'brien or excuse me kevin in the car Wink, wink. Uh, and Rich Mays, who couldn't be with us, for Sean Farhadian, you're uh, the honorable Sean Farhadian. For, oh, Mike, for, for Michael Chance, I am G.J. Mitchell signing off saying, enjoy your night. Thanks again for being a part of us. Let's go, Celtics. Huh? Let's, let's win tonight. Let's see how this big three do. Let's see Winner. if the Bruins can get a, uh, a, a home win without going to overtime and, and shootouts and whatnot against Pittsburgh tomorrow, another big, tough competition. And we'll be back with you Wednesday, 11 a.m. sharp. Stay Saturday. tuned. Saturday. Saturday. Let's say Wednesday. How many? You know what? We're going to come to you tomorrow. I knocked him out We're so hard. He's, he's dizzy. I'm like, <laughs> right I'm, like, I'm like Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas right now, and it ain't good. Uh, it's not great, Bob. But we'll see you on Saturday uh, at 11 a.m. Back with more. I'm Cheers Sports, guys. Peace.